This episode is brought to you by OnePager. For all your website building needs, visit OnePagerApp.com slash teed up and get 20% off for building your website. You can make your website about podcasts. You can make it about tea. Make a website for your dog. Make it, more importantly, for your small business and really anything you want to do with it. So visit OnePagerApp.com slash teed up and get 20% off. Welcome back to the show. We have a really good one today. I'm looking forward to breaking down a lot of different topics, including our favorite, online dating. Oh yeah, it's back. And things that you probably shouldn't be doing in your 30s. To do this, I have my very favorite guest. Sorry, all other guests on the show, but she is my favorite, Jenna Kingsley, writer, comedian, and funny person all around. And we're going to dive into a whole bunch of things. And it's a little bit of a longer podcast, but stick around for all of it because we end on a really, really nice high note, which which I think is going to put a smile on your face. And that's what I hope I do with these podcasts. So let's hope I uh, have mission accomplished by the end of this episode. So with that, let's chat with Jenna. We're back with Teed Up, and my next guest is a returning guest and our most popular guest on the show. Our episode that we did together really crushed all other episodes. Um, I'm talking about 300x numbers, and we'll let your minds think what that number actually is with terms of listens and views. I want to say that I have millions of listeners, and we'll leave it at that. So Jenna Kingsley, welcome back to the show. Hello. I'm so excited to be here with you, Andy. And I've wanted to get you back on for quite some time now. We've kind of gone back and forth on a number of things that were driving ourselves crazy, you know, via social media, um, the world of dating, just being a human being right now. Um, But I think the thing that had us hooked that we had to get on the air is that Facebook announced last week that they are launching Facebook dating. And there's a lot of areas for us to explore with this. Um, In our last episode together, we kind of came up with ideas that would improve dating um, and online dating apps. And and this is definitely not one that I think will. Um, I think think we could have a mess of problems when you tie together the worlds of Facebook and online dating. But, But what do you think about it? Okay, well, here's the funniest part is the morning uh, when the day this was announced that morning, I had written a tweet and I, I don't have it in front of me right now, of course. But basically, I was like, guys, like, like Facebook DMs or have gotten to be the most out of control and not everything has to be a dating app. Um, because I feel this like Facebook DMs, I guess on Facebook, it's just messenger. They're not DMs or um I just, as a, as a woman on the internet, I feel like guys use everything as a dating app. I mean, I've gotten it on LinkedIn, which I find crazy, but Facebook guys will write to you and then they will continue writing to you, even if you don't respond. And it says scene. So I try to not even open anything anymore on Facebook for that reason, unless it's like a friend of mine. Um, but then if you don't respond, they're like, hello, I guess you're not going to respond. Hi, you still, are you interested? I'm like, if I were interested, like I'd a respond, um, B I'd meet you on some sort in some sort of dating platform like this for me, Facebook is where I share work. I, you know, look at pictures of my friend's kids. I'm not going there to like pick up a, a man. So I just find the whole thing bizarre. And then to see that it's actually becoming a dating site or it's going to have a separate dating app. I mean, maybe that's better because people will stay in their lane with that, but I can't imagine it's going to make it better. So I want to, I want to be, I want to try to, 
present both sides of this and not make this a male-female thing, but I can't see any female actually doing what men do on these platforms. Like, I, I don't know. I've never experienced it the other way around. Maybe I've had you know a couple people drop into my messages or DMs or whatever you want to have occasionally, but they're usually generally polite about it. Uh, this is from the male perspective. I will say, like, there's been the occasional, like, weirdo message where it's just like I'm like hey looks like we're in the same town you know that's why I'm messaging you and it's like 20 messages later and I haven't even responded I'm like okay this is probably not the best way to communicate but I definitely think guys are taking you know the liberty of no matter what the platform is we can as long as we can access you and as long as we can hit that send button whether it's Facebook uh, a dating app LinkedIn. I think it's absurd by the way that they're turning like LinkedIn into dating yeah, sites, but yeah. I definitely absurd, think yeah. this is happening. Like I definitely don't understand it. So now you're taking, you're blurring the lines of Facebook, right? And what was already probably kind of an odd, like let's face it, Facebook is kind of just a weird mix of behaviors at this point. Like you have your political Facebook, you have your here's my new baby Facebook, you have here's my new dog Facebook, which is the only tolerable Facebook for me. Um, <laughs> uh, you have a lot of things going on. I only keep Facebook. This is going to sound dated and everyone's going to say, oh, you, you're on it for other reasons. But the main reason, you know, actually, it's not even the reason now, but I kept it because it told me when people's birthdays are. But I'll be very honest. I don't really care when other people's birthdays are anymore. I don't know if that's a curmudgeon <laughs> getting older thing. I really don't even care about my own birth. Well, you know so. what it is? It's like you can't even keep up with like, I feel terrible when people write such nice things on my birthday. Obviously, I'm thankful for it, but I can't even keep up. There's too many notifications and I, I miss everything on Facebook. I use Facebook mainly to see who I know in common with someone. I use it. That's the only reason I really, what I use it for at this point. Um, cause if I just find that like kind of interesting, um, but, but yeah, so go on. So you were saying, well, no, but I think that's the point of Facebook dating, right? That's what they're thinking. They're like, hey, like, because we can connect you to people you may know, there's an extra layer of social proof that you're not a complete psychopath. I don't know. Like, I think that's what they're going for that, you know, it's kind of like, hey, a friend. Remember back in the day, friends actually used to introduce friends to each other and yes. they would meet. But that yeah. doesn't happen anymore because everyone just assumes you're on the dating apps. They're like, yeah. I'm going to let this person be single forever. Or like, <laughs> like that's, that's awesome. I mean, hey, my friends out there, they're listening. Yeah, set Andy up. Set yeah, Andy hook your up. boy up. What's going on here? I mean, Although, come on. you know who I'm pulling for. I'm not going to say on here who I want you to be dating. And I want to go. No, no. Date. That's for another episode. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, Listeners, if you want to find that out, you have to listen to at least five episodes. Yeah, yeah, you got to subscribe. And, subscribe. And Hit the subscribe button. Um, no, here's the thing. So... Every single time. So I use Facebook, honestly, at this point, it's really for work. I like I accept almost everyone unless I it's such an obvious bot or some sort of porn star or whatever. But um, I, I I accept the porn stars. Uh, <laughs> clearly, we know that because of that. Little, okay. Um, I don't want to ruin it. Nope. But um, what's what's really interesting to me is. I use it for work. So I have 
thousands of Facebook friends that I do not know. You know, people have seen my stuff and I just let them in because I'm not posting anything really private on there. You know, obviously when Facebook first started, it was a more private thing. You know, I'd post pictures of my son and whatever, but now, um, I don't post anything really other than work stuff on my Facebook. Um, and, uh, and what's so interesting though, is every time a friend of mine goes on a dating app or something, they'll text me and they're like, who is X, Y, Z, your friends with him. And I'm like, I literally have no idea who that is. I have no idea. I, I really don't know many of my Facebook friends. I, I know like a hundred out of like thousands. Um, but I usually don't know who it is. And so there is this kind of false sense of like, oh, this person, we have so many people in common when in fact, I, I don't really know any of them. Um, and the other thing that I find really amazing about Facebook is a guy will have a picture like with his wife or girlfriend, and then also be like, poking you and DMing you and waving to you. And I just think that's the most bizarre behavior on the planet. Like I see that you're married. I see you have a girlfriend, like, and here you are lost in my DMS as Lizzo would say, come get your man. He's lost in my DMS. Um, the whole culture, you know, as you know, this is something I focus on a lot in my work, but the whole culture of changing your behavior, cause there's a screen in front of you, um, is just mind blowing that people lose all judgment when there is, they're behind a, a keyboard. The, the poking I've never really understood in college. We, when, you know, cause I got Facebook, uh, NYU was one of the first schools to have it. So it was a really like small club of people. Um, and it was 2008. And I remember the poke thing was something we just abused the hell out of as a joke. It was right, like, it right. was a bunch of, it was like, I mean, there were, I didn't do frats in NYU and I'm not really part of that scene, but it was the closest type of social media frat behavior as possible. Like you'd be like, oh, it's funny to poke someone. And it, was, it didn't lead to anything bad. Now, like, I'm sorry. And, and part of the whole theme for this podcast are things adults shouldn't do, particularly adults between the ages of 30 and 50. Guess what? Poking on Facebook is definitely one of those things. It's a hard no. It's a hard no. I don't even know what it means, but um, it's it's insane. And the other thing is they've added a wave that's also equally as creepy. Because I'm like, why? If you're gonna wave, like, why not write something? But also, please don't write something to me because I don't I don't want. <laughs> they might as well add like creepy guy with binoculars, like, it's and so, so like weird. you, you hit the button and it's just this guy in like the rear view window with binoculars. Like, let's just be real about it. That's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And then, um, the other thing is the, um, I, I can't even tell you how many of these guys fight with themselves in my DMS. If I don't respond, they start like starts off friendly, then they keep going. I'm not responding. And then they kind of turn on me and then they get mad and then they start like basically like yelling at me how rude I am that I'm not responding. And I'm like, you bought this on yourself. Like I have yet to have an interaction with you. And I hate that. So I, this is what I hate now. Like I hate, um, that people feel an entitlement to get some sort of response. If you have not volunteered to engage with them, if that, if I said that properly, no, I get that. And it's funny that they're they're arguing with themselves. I remember like 
I think people in general with dating and this is bringing it back a little more towards the dating, uh, the idea of dating on Facebook, you know, everyone is kind of like unsure of, oh, should they send the message? And there's a stupid game of like, well, you got to wait for the next message and you can't do the double text like you can't. And, and there's a degree of truth to all of that, which is why I kind of have liked, you know, apps like Bumble make it very clear, like, hey, the woman has to message first. So that it's not the standoff between the male and the wo- and the female of like, hey, I'm going to break down and finally message you. But you're talking about pretty much the opposite of this, which is like, I'm going to invade you and message you as much as I can. I love the idea that men are, and I guess women to a degree, are, are, are fighting with themselves. That's a great, great way to put it in trying to figure out how they're going to message each other. And then get they get mad that they messaged you and didn't wait to not message you. And it creates this whole thing, which makes it 100 percent why I think this whole thing can't work um, on Facebook because it is so easy to message people and find people like what are the top three positive outcomes that are going to come out of Facebook dating and what are the top three negative ones that are going to come out let's start with the positives I mean well let me ask you a question quickly like are isn't that how like you know like all these dating apps work like it'll show you like who you have in common on Facebook or no I mean I haven't I don't know. I'm not up on like the technology or anything. Honestly, the, the dating apps are all a blur for me at this point over the years <laughs> I've been on them. And I, They're th- I all feel like so I, fabulous. Yeah, I feel like at times uh, they've had that feature and certain ones have. I wouldn't be able to tell you which ones did. I think they've like experimented with that. And I think like they must have also decided like, hey, this may not work. This isn't good. Um, I think a large, large part of the dating app ecosystem like likes having some privacy to 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 not know your whole life story. Like for me, one of the major problems with online dating right now um, is this idea that you either know very little about the person before you go on a date with them or you know their whole life story before you go on a date with them. And I'm talking about you connect with them, you ask to exchange Instagrams, and you pretty much can, by that first date, already know, like, hey, oh, I know what you were doing three days ago. I saw your Instagram story of you at your great aunt's birthday party. Like, it looked like a lot of fun. Right. The other problem with that is you are setting up such high expectations because... If you do a deep social media dive into the person you may go on a date with and you're judging their social media, you're judging their photos, you're judging text messages, they've had the chance to put all this, uh, put their persona online um, without having to be live in person. So all of this is up there and it's creating this ideal version of the person, which they 100% will never live up to on right. a date. In all right. of my dates online, um, I, I, I know... They don't show up people. with filters? <laughs> How great would that be? If, like, <laughs> Is that what you're telling me, Andy? They show up without super white teeth? Is that what you're telling me? Well, let's, let's add that to the things adults post-30 shouldn't do, period. Filters. Yeah. In any sense, I've tried and I've tried to like warm up to this idea of, hey, let's just have some fun. Filters are fun. They're weird, man. Like if you're over the age of 30 and putting a filter on yourself, you got issues. Now, when we talk about filters, are you talking about like um, one of those Snapchat filters? Are you talking about the like filters that people use to like beautify themselves on Instagram. I think there's different levels of extreme when it comes to there's, I mean, now there's so many, you could literally change the shape of your body, your nose, your eyes. It, That's it, just, 
that's insanity. Yeah, no, it's insanity. It's, um, it's like reverse narcissism. It's 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 also you know it falls into the cat. First of all, it's it's so interesting. You know, you know. I mean, we were going to talk about selfies. That was going to be our next topic, as you know. You wanted to, you know, my stance on this completely. Look, I feel that selfies. Obviously, it's fun to like be with your friends and like take selfies or like look where I am and like here's a picture of me like to send to your friends. But the constant uploading of pictures of oneself is so bizarre to me. Um, I just can't grasp it and I just feel like there's this culture where everyone you know how I feel everyone's trying to be an influencer or a model or um and it's all fake and it's all filters and it's also so narcissistic right like when was that a thing like let me just it's like you know before the internet it's like people don't come over and you're like look at this whole entire hallway of pictures of my face well look at me modeling people would be like what are you doing like you're not like a model like what are you doing it's all oh. socially awkward well, in the 1860s, everyone used to take with those big, like, smoke cameras where it's, like, a whole setup, and they would take pictures of themselves and then present them in the wild, wild west, and that's how this whole selfie trend actually got started. <laughs> well, you I know, know. That's I was talking to my friend's daughter. My friend's daughter is um, in college, and I was asking her, I was like, you know, what is this, like, because I was saying, like, I would have felt weird in college saying to my friends, like, I'm, I think about my friends who are still, like, a lot of them are my friends now. I would have been felt weird being like, guys, take a picture of the modeling against this wall, like from our night out. I would have felt incredibly awkward saying that. First of all, I wouldn't have wanted that, but I would have felt really awkward asking my friends to do that. And so I asked her, I was like, is this like a more comfortable thing to do these days that everyone's doing that. And she's like, no, it's awkward. She's like, it's, she's like for every person you see doing that, there's like hundreds that are in. And so it's, it's still awkward. You're still the awkward person. Look, people have definitely built businesses as influencers and whatever, but it's just this whole, everyone trying to be that and buying followers and buying likes. I mean, the only person you're really lying to you is yourself, you know, like that's, a whole other thing to get into. Well, it's it's something for me as a marketer that I have problems with right now. Like to be honest, also like though as a marketer and and in my business as well, we yeah. know how to do formulas to know if someone's faking. Well, 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 yeah, formulas thing. But the problem for me now is the more and more when I started getting into marketing, you know, it basically you had to basically come out with. Hey, how do you create an engaging campaign that could live like on a print billboard or on a TV? And it was about the creative thinking behind it to connect the consumer. Now, so much of it is gamed for algorithms, for, you know, making sure you're hitting the right target demographic and using Facebook and Instagram and everything to measure the performance. It sucked the life out of marketing, but it's also made it that much more manipulative where I kind of have, you know, these days where I'm just like, man, we're really, truly brainwashing people, you know, these days. And it, it's kind of a hard thing. You know, it's one thing if you're marketing, um, you know, kombucha, I think I said that right, kombucha. Yeah. But uh, it's another thing if you're you're marketing a presidential candidate, and we're gonna we're gonna save that debate for closer into election season. We try to remain somewhat apolitical on teed up, but uh, it's hard these days. I will say that I have to I have to throw in at some point. Let's not derail the conversation too much, but this whole hurricane Dorian uh, and it's a very sad situation but the drawing on the map with the sharpie thing I, I can't even handle it I don't know 
I, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But going back to this idea of things being manufactured, right, uh, and premeditated ahead of time, that's why I think Facebook dating is just also not going to work, just like any of the other apps. Um, what, what are people going to, like, navigate into your profile, see the photos, maybe see that you're married. So in that sense, like, it will work. Like, hopefully that'll stop the guys uh, from being on there and, and DMing you if you if it's that in your face. I but- don't think I don't think it will deter them because it hasn't so far, you know. And it's the best part about it is we compare notes. Me and my friends will compare notes, and and nothing is a secret anymore. So the fact that people would ever even attempt it is insane. But that's why I think also Facebook dating is somewhat doomed because people have been so open on Facebook, you know, throughout their lives. I, not as much anymore, but we all have our moments where we were putting a lot of things on the platform and things on Facebook are a lot more permanent than they are, you know, on a dating app or on Instagram or on Snapchat. If you're a 30 plus year old adult and still using it and you shouldn't be, um, you could, Hey, just because I don't necessarily get it doesn't mean that there's an application there, but, um, but uh, you know, I think we're going to see more of the same with Facebook dating. I think it's going to be even weirder, though, because it, like you said, there are lower barriers to entry into communicating with people because it's on Facebook, because there's common people, you know, you're going to have a bunch of strangers still communicating with you. And hey, there's still that whole issue of like privacy and data and all these things that Facebook is not really all that good at. Oh, um, good point. So all you need are, are people taking advantage of it. Like you could end up matching with, you know, a hacker from Russia. Oh, and, very good point, Andy. And, and not to play conspiracy theory and tinfoil hat, but like, I don't know that I want to use Facebook as my platform to meet my significant other. And meanwhile, I'm the worst because I am so lazy about making new passwords because I can't even, I mean, even like I just can't ever remember any passwords and they get longer and longer and more complex and more numbers and more characters. So the option when you could sign up with something using Facebook, I always take it, which is like literally what you're not supposed to do. And I take it because I'm like, you know what? They'll just like, it's easier. And you're, it's what you're not supposed to do. Yeah. Now they literally know where I shop, what I'm buying, how far I'm running, you know, like, you know, it's crazy what they, they have on me. Well, and that's the curious thing about, I don't really, I, first of all, I I did sign, I'm not, I'm going to admit, I did sign up for Facebook dating. Like you just have to click that little heart and it actually did get me to put the Facebook app back on my phone for the first time in maybe six months. Yeah. So you, in all, for all intents and purposes, like Facebook won that battle. Like they got me to re-download the app just to try it out because I couldn't figure out how to do it on, on the web. Um, but then, you know, I have my settings. I'm not going to say where my settings are because I don't want you guys stalking me, but I had them for one of the major cities in, uh, all right, it was New York. I put it on for New York and it said that, that it wasn't ready yet. So I was like, Thank all right, God. cool. Like <laughs> the biggest dating city in the world and Facebook wasn't ready for it. So I'm happy to hear that. So we'll um, see. We'll see. I've already kind of lost interest in it, but you know, I think the jury is out. Although I, I, I am going in with extreme, an extremely biased view that it will probably just be at the very best, like every other dating app or just that much more worse. I am kind of curious to hear about some of the horror stories. Is that bad? No, that's, you know, that's, that's what we're here for. (laughs) I just hope I'm not part of them. I Uh, hope you're not part of them either. Um, I hope you're not part of them either. 
for what it's worth. All right. So I think we've covered Facebook dating. We, we touched upon another thing that adults post age of 30. I really think 30 is the cutoff. Like there's a lot of things with 30 that like, I feel like it's a milestone year. But one thing I think you definitely shouldn't do in your 30s and above is take a selfie. Okay. Now, what do you mean when you say take a selfie? Do you mean like post it or just take it? That's a really good point. I mean, because why are you me, taking selfies? Well, okay. So I, as you know, I did an entire video of a no selfie zone. Cause and when I first saw that selfies yeah. were, are you lazy? No, no. Where can people watch that video? Because you were ahead of the times. Oh, you can look, watch it on YouTube on my channel, Jenna Kingsley, or there's a link to it uh, from my website, jennakingsley.com. Um, but I, you know, I had made that video before uh, there was all these even apps, like these glamour apps, like Facetune and all this stuff, um, because I could not get past the fact that people were taking, I mean, I followed people on Instagram and Facebook who were just taking endless pictures of their faces and posting it online over and over again. And I was watching this and I was like, what is going on here? Like what (laughs) it's, it's like an awkward thing. Like it's, I don't know what it is. I think it's like, honestly, a little mentally ill, but, um, but I will take selfies though. Like, let's say I'm joking around with my friend and I'm like, look where I am or look who I'm with. And then we'll take a picture and then we'll send, I'll send it directly to someone. To me, that's like a way to like say, Oh, look, look where I am. Like, not like, but it's the endless posting pictures of your face that, that I, uh, that's where I draw the line. So you're okay with taking them for like a one-on-one sharing experience, but posting it publicly yeah, like Andy, for just anyone I, to see. Let's say I went out and I met like your best friend somewhere. I like, don't really have any me. best friends anymore, so good luck. <laughs> but let's just say, and I was okay. like, oh my God, you're best friends with Andy? Like, let's take a picture and send it to him. Now that is something I would do. I would do that. Okay. But, um... I wouldn't take like picture, like the whole taking pictures of yourself in the car and then posting it on your Instagram. Like I can't understand. Can you tell me, can you explain it? Well, we covered this the last set. That, that is one of the actual filters I use for whether like I will go out with someone or not. If, if I match you and I try actually not to follow people on Instagram anymore, cause then you end up just never going on a date and having right. a bunch of people you've never, ever met, you know, 100%. Everything about your life, which is the creepiest thing. Yeah, I agree. World. I, I now anyone I date like recently, I'm not having any sort of following. So of on Instagram and and then there's the phenomenon of if it doesn't work out on the first date or not. And you, do you still follow the person? Do you follow them? I, I think that's why you just don't even follow them until you're engaged. Do you follow people who, unless it's, I'm not talking about like a celebrity or a brand, just like, let's say a girl that you were interested in, do you follow her if she's not following you back? So you could keep no. tabs on her for the rest. That's no, I get bizarre. so offended I agree. by that. I get so offended <laughs> that I probably won't even ask you on the date at that point. Or like my profile is not good enough for you to, for to follow. Like, no, that's, that's a deal breaker. <laughs> and there's a couple of deal breakers for me. That's definitely one of them. The driving in the car uh, is, is, is drives me nuts. So what, for people who haven't heard about this in previous episodes of me ranting about it, it's basically the driver is in the driver's seat driving, 
and taking a video of themselves, like singing to karaoke or singing to the radio or like doing something other than paying attention to the road. And I don't like, how are you a human being in society if that's what you're doing? It's that your license suspended. But why is it also that people think taking like taking pictures of yourself in the front seat of your car is like a like that's where it should be done? Do you think? Because uh, by the way, was, I have seen a lot of that, and I'm always like, is it the lighting better? Like, what what is it that makes people want that picture all the time? Well, I think people are doing this period because they feel really lonely and they want to connect with the outside world and maybe like driving I put in by yourself. More by the driving, way, yeah. No, I've had this conversation recently about people who are like constantly posting about themselves on um, anything. I do think it's a little bit of it's it's weird. I mean, there's so many so many different use cases. Unless you're but, Gary V, and then I, it's okay. I'll hold my tongue. Um, the <laughs> other thing then for me is uh, the filter that I use. So if you have a lot of selfies on your profile, I'm probably not going to want to pursue a date because I because I, I'm already just like, all right, like, let's say we were dating and you're posting selfies of yourself. Like, I don't know. I find the behavior so strange. And then, like, are you ever going to be able to break the habit? Like, and do I have a right <laughs> to stop someone from selfieing? But, like, I would think about these things in a relationship. Like, and, and this is probably why I'm very single right now. But, like, think about that. Like, you saw I think the, the way self- people use social media can be a huge turnoff. Honestly, I really have been incredibly turned off by certain people's use of it and and lost interest in them, to be honest, because of it. I mean, the the bulk of my content uh, on my Instagram at this point, you know, are photos of my dog. And your surfing. I go surfing, yes. It's like 50 million different angles on my surfboard. And someone might think I'm a psychopath for that. You know what? Let them. That's okay. I'm cool with that. Uh, I do still like social media and Instagram because I do feel like it's a way to curate, like, kind of what's going on inside of your head. I do love watching my stories, obviously. Exactly. But... But I don't think you should share everything inside your head with the world. And I think there's a it's a hard balancing act because I'm all about, especially in the male community, I've had a discussion with a lot of friends. And, you know, I think on Twitter, people are kind of coming together. And yes, Twitter is very toxic. And it's, you know, people having meltdowns, you know, every two minutes. But there is something nice about the people who tweet about, hey, like, I need some help with something that's going on inside my head. And I do think that there's a there's a really nice I love Twitter. Twitter is my still my favorite of all time. I mean, obviously, it's changed a lot since Trump became our president because it's everything is political. It's like everything is like political anger. Um, But um, I just find it to be uh, the least narcissistic of the social media. And I also think I always, the thing I always originally loved about Twitter was seeing who could be funny in 140 characters or less. Um, You don't see that as much anymore because, like I said, our political climate is so heated, everything that's going on in the world, the environment. that's mainly what you see. But I come there. I love reading headlines. I love seeing what people are sharing. Um, 
I love seeing like the second I see something like the Dave Chappelle special, uh, I will go to Twitter to see what people are saying about it. That's like one of my favorite things about Twitter. So if there's something going on, I love seeing what people's stances are on the topic. And so for that reason, I find Twitter incredibly useful, especially for what I do. Um, I like to see what's like polarizing people and where they stand on things. Well, and I think it's really interesting. I do the same thing with Twitter and, and for this Chappelle's uh, the way Chappelle's Sticks and Stones special, which is pretty controversial. We both agreed. We enjoyed it. Um, but it's really interesting to see how people react to it via Twitter. I enjoyed reading the tweets to that um, more so than reading like the articles, the Vice article on it and stuff like that, because everyone took a really hard stance when they wrote about it for the most part versus Twitter actually had some de- really good conversations. And look, there's a lot of things in that special for people who are going to go to watch. It. I won't ruin it for you. I do suggest you watch it. Though. Oh. Oh, watch uh, it. It's so good. Watch it. Uh, it definitely, like, it, it, it was hard to argue that it, you weren't thinking about it after watching it and you weren't discussing it. And I'd argue that that's one of the main, you know, points of comedy and, and any type of art is to get people discussing the issues at hand that are presented. So it does a really great job at that. And I, too, find that connected experience between Twitter uh, and and watching things. Um, it's kind of the new water cooler talk because but but. But not to put a negative spin on anything. So let's say that that's one of the positive things. You should be on Twitter and watch Netflix together. Like, that's a good thing. Like, you can have actual global conversations. But it is a little isolating at times, too. Because then what if you tweet your opinion and no one cares about it? Well, that's, by the way, happening more and more. And that's what I'm talking about with the political stuff that's going on. You know, for a long time, I didn't want to tweet about anything because I was like, it's almost awkward to tweet about anything when, like, the country's falling apart. Um, But yes, sure, sure, yes. I know what you're saying. But I'm reading your tweets, Annie, and that's all that matters. I, I, I thought about taking hiatuses and then I get bored and then I, I come back. I know. I enjoy your Twitter. Anyone listening, you should follow Andy on Twitter. I enjoy, you know that I, you and I are usually on the same page with, uh, with many, many topics. Well, one topic talking about the country falling apart, that leads me into my next subject to cover. And this is something that's been bothering me probably since I heard about it, I think back in June. So as of today, I haven't read that this is canceled yet, but on September 20th, I believe it might be the 21st, but I think it's on the 20th. I haven't booked my plane to do this yet, so uh, I don't know. Um, there's supposed to be a raid on Area 51. Now, this is a topic that's really dear to my heart, considering my bar mitzvah theme was aliens. No, it was not. I swear to you, I will send you. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do for listeners of the Teed Up podcast? I still have oh, like 30 no. of my bugs from my bar mitzvah uh, in my basement uh, that you could can win if you tweet oh something. I'll figure God, out some promo amazing. for it. I and will get like, on board and help you with that. It's, it's I came all the way to effing earth and all I got was this mug. And it has like this bootleg alien on it because I wanted to be counterculture to everyone who gave T-shirts at their bar mitzvahs. And I wanted to give a mug because I'm like, well, T-shirts. Well, that's very look- appropriate because Teed Up is your podcast. So was, look at was, you now. It was in the stars, they might say. But anyway, moving away from my bar mitzvah and back to the present day, um, there's supposed to be a raid on Area 51. Now, this all started because someone posted, I think it was on Facebook of all places, right? The new dating hub of the world um, <laughs> that 
Hide your kids, hide your wife, literally, by the way. Yeah, that that they should go and raid Area 51. uh, And, you know, they picked the day to do it. And it started, I believe, as a joke. And then a lot of people started sharing it. And it's it went what they call viral. Uh, again, that's a term that I don't think people above the age of 30 should use that often. Things going viral. It just sounds so bad. But um, No, that's not true. You can use know. it. Don't All listen right, to Andy. All right. Okay, fine. Um, but <laughs> so the, the joke went viral, and like many things in the Tide Pod eating era, it actually became like a real thing. And so it gained this momentum and had this like snowball rolling down the hill effect into the fact that like at this point, there are over 2 million people who either signed a petition or they liked it, the post on Facebook. I don't know. Um, but that they were going to go and still are planning on going on September 20th to actually raid Area 51. Now, if this is not the decline of all common sense and humanity, I don't know what is uh, other than uh, well, uh, maybe 2020 elections, but we'll see. Um, the idea that you can just gather together, raid a government facility that may or may not have aliens inside of it uh, without any consequences. Is that is that peak uh, 2019? Like, is that peak where we're at in, in our heads and culture that like this is something that could actually happen? You know, I don't know. I have seen so many crazy things, as have you, in the past couple of years that uh, anything is possible. I mean, is there – obviously, people are going to show up for that. Are they? Are they? I I think they will. My guess is that people will show up. So the latest that I've heard is that – they're turning it in what was going to be a, a Naruto run, which essentially I had to look up what a Naruto run was. But it's if you run really quickly with your arms like behind your back, I think. I don't know. I'm not really up on all meme culture. But uh, they were going to storm it. And it, it became like this kind of violent thing. Where they're like, yeah, we want to know what's going on, government. Like, we want to know what you got have behind those doors. Um, it gained a lot of momentum like that. Uh, on that sense. And then I recently Googled it and I think there's an LA times article that basically said it's turned into like an alien fest, like a Woodstock almost for aliens. So how we got to that part of it, I don't know. Now for, I spent two months basically thinking that it would be this raid on area 51 and man, like the craziest thing for me was that brands were trying to take advantage or, or, or hop aboard the Area 51 raid train. Um, most notably, I think Arby's, uh, you know, home of, is it the best roast beef sandwich? I don't, I don't know. What's Arby's pushing these days? But I, I don't know. But I don't think I've ever eaten. So no offense to Arby's. To me. me too. Uh, I'm sorry, I've, Arby's. I've never eaten there, so I don't want to be sued for disparagement. I know. We that, love you, Arby's. Arby's I, I'm just not a roast beef. Yeah, something about eating like a roast beef sandwich at a mass eatery like Arby's. I don't know. But um, Arby's had this idea to like send a food truck there to Area 51. And in my head, like I was trying to think of like if you're a brand, like why did you jump on this bandwagon? I get it because social media for brands like no one knows at all what you're doing. Uh, And so it was a hot social media topic. So they thought they could trend with it. But but let's think about if this thing actually happens. And Arby's does send a food truck to the middle of the raid. Guess what's going to happen? Arby's food truck is going to get 
bullets rained on it like every other person who is raiding their way into Area 51 because the government does not mess around when it comes to this stuff. And it could be an all-out massacre. Um, are Now, are these brands actually showing up or were they joking and talking about what they would serve at the at Area 51? That's what I was like a little unclear on. So, so they were joking. I mean, Arby's actually went, I think the CEO even went on record saying like, we'll be there, right? So who knows that they actually will be there. But I'm very curious in the next coming weeks. I mean, we're what, uh, two weeks away from this, you know, if, if brands are going to double down on this Area 51 thing, if it picks up steam, and oh man, that could be the one of the most catastrophic things to happen to brands if, if like, <laughs> they show up at this Area 51 thing and you basically see a government standoff. Uh, you know, this is like if if a brand was sponsoring Waco, right? Like, you know. Oh hey, my God, hey, that's buddy. such a good point. By like, the way, you know, Waco sponsored by Nabisco. Like, like uh, I'm no, obsessed Nabisco. with the Branch Davidians separately, but whatever. Yeah. That's a topic for another time. But yeah, I mean, now that you've likened it to that, that makes sense. You know, I didn't understand if brands were just using it as like, because that was a trending topic. And then obviously, as you know, from working in branding, that is, I think, a good idea um, to tie your product in and whatever with the hashtags that are going or whatever's trending. I wasn't sure if they were actually going to be there. And then I, the next question is what you said, if they were with someone actually organizing it to a point to have food there. But if 2 million people were, sh- were supposed to show up, I don't think an Arby's truck <laughs> would cut, <laughs> would cut it. But I was trying. Well, I was trying. So I agree. Like, hey, we can all have some fun on social media about it. There were a couple of funny ones. I think Kool Aid did this great one where it's like the Kool Aid guy busting through the Area Fifty One wall, which I actually laughed at. I thought that was funny. That's very funny. Um, but like in my head, I was trying to think of all the ways that brands could sponsor the Raiders, right? And so, like, hey, are you storming with like these like Pepsi? double can helmets on like while you're sipping them and like you're you're waiting the storm and then like you have the helmet so it's like an army but sponsored by pepsi going into the the raid so i don't know there's a lot of different ways to go about it but the other part of this whole thing that i'm very curious about let's say they get to the front door somehow they they all of the raiders avoid you know the hail of bullets and missiles coming their way and tanks stopping them and and like people get to the front door what do they think is going to happen? Like, and in my head, the best part, you know, of this would be like a giant Kraken alien just comes out, and like, how is a marketing, how's how's Arby's going to react when the Kraken comes out and just starts smashing people all around and takes that food truck and hurls it like, above the cliffs of, of, of Nevada? I mean. <laughs> I don't know what to say, but all I know is I will state I'm excited to see how this ends up. I mean, it's going to be like the fire festival of if someone were really smart, like a real organizer would have tried to organize something. Although you're right, it's a government protected area. I don't No one's getting in there. I'll tell you what's going to happen. It's and you're going right to be, that if they yeah. try, it's going to end horrifically there, there, there's no happy ending to this there's no happy ending to this like do you if remember you're listening don't yeah, don't, I don't know go. when this comes out but don't go don't just go spend your time on facebook dating don't yeah. uh you don't need to go it's scary <laughs> just, enough there just get in my dms like everyone else and then um 
<laughs> what I think is going to be interesting to see, basically, I think there's going to be like an alien week. If this picks up momentum again, because I, I kind of think I'm recording this podcast, you know, a little bit late because I don't think people care about this. Like they don't care about anything a day later, but uh, they might. And it, if this does pick up steam, what you're going to see is like Netflix is going to have like one documentary after another about aliens like they'll have like alien week essentially like it's going to become like shark week and you know that's kind of good because i i gotta be honest i'm a little down on netflix lately i did a whole podcast you know hey stop watching netflix and get out there and then i just watched netflix for another six months right after that actually watched the sopranos after that but um oh that's but nothing beats it's a great it's It's, a great marathon um christopher is like the love of my life and by the way, so is James Gandolfini. I am so sad at the loss of James Gandolfini. Whenever I watch The Sopranos, it like hurts my heart. I have a Gandolfini moment that I have to share uh, oh, and please. get back to my point on Netflix. So we saw him at a Rutgers football game. And while I think he's a great actor, he snubbed us for a photo. Ooh, but, now, uh, we you know, I'm torn on that guys. issue. Yeah, we were kind of like a bunch of drunk college guys. Yeah, I'm torn on that issue. I'm torn on that. I guess Tony Soprano would probably snub the photo. Tony Soprano would snub the photo. There's also something about... um, Privacy. Privacy. I've Mm -hmm. been on the other side of it. And um, sometimes you just want to have, like, a moment where you're not on. Um... So that doesn't break my heart. I, I, I would be more upset to hear. I don't like hearing when people are like rude to people they work with or mean to people they work with or not nice or. That's you know. fair. But, um, but Christopher, outside. by the way, if Christopher, if he was on Facebook dating, I might join. He did like a cheesy like tequila ad. Like not I too loved him so much as Christopher. I can't even yeah. tell you. Um, Sorry, I digress. Well, we digress a lot on T-Dot. But bringing it back to Netflix, I don't know. Like, this is not something that's going to, like, send the stock spiraling downward. But is it just me or is is, is Netflix kind of stinking it up lately? You know, people are saying that. I... I always find things to watch on Netflix. I, I've gone in some deep Netflix holes. Um, do you have who are you a handmaid's tale person? Okay. I am the type of person that will once I watch two episodes of a show, generally two or three. You have I'll, to watch all, I'll all the season, all. To the whole season and probably the rest of the remaining seasons. Like that's as you know, if I've made it through 120 minutes, I'm going all in on it. Yeah. With the exception of one show. Handmaid's Tale? It was Handmaid's Tale. Come on. That's no way. I couldn't handle it. You can call me a wimp. You can say whatever you want. I'm not. I couldn't handle that show. Okay, so I loved Handmaid's Tale so much. Like, I watched the first season on my way out to L.A. once, and I was, like, holding the guy's hand next to me. He was a, like, stranger. I was like, oh, my God, you don't know what's going on. Oh, my God. I was so annoying. I was, like, unbearable. Uh, Yeah, I was trying to date him, basically, on the plane. Um, I was invading his space. Uh, No, and so I was – well, now this conversation is going nowhere because I was just going to say that this last season has lost my interest. So forget that. Forget this entire. Do you watch Stranger Things? Or are you a Stranger I, Things? I did. I've watched all three seasons. I don't know. I wasn't as up on that. But I just think right now, going back to the Alien Algorithm Week, like I was listening to an episode <laughs> of uh, Bill Simmons' podcast, I think, which is one of my favorites. And, and it, you know, it's basically going into how, how, I forget who was, oh, David Spade was on the show. 
And he was basically saying about how you see all the Adam Sandler movies now and all the movies that he does. And, and he has had like a resurrection of his career because because Netflix loves him in terms oh, of the that's interesting. But for me, it was kind of like, uh, am I watching these things because I want to watch them or am I watching them because the algorithm is showing me this thing? And I think to bring to actually tie us back into something we kind of touched upon, like Dave Chappelle makes this point of like, you hey, on my face. you clicked on my face. And that really resonated with me. And I'm just wondering, like, can Netflix keep going on by just putting out so much content kind of gearing what they're showing you based on the entire audience, you know, that's watching it coming up with original programming for it. I feel like it's lost a little bit of its luster and then it has going to have to compete with things like uh, the Disney plus channel that's coming out and, and, and who and everything else still like, I, I just wonder if, if Netflix is a little vulnerable right now. I, I think that Netflix will get bought um, and bundled. I just think it's the nature of the business. I mean, what do I know? But uh, if the pat, you know, just like it happens with network, you know, uh, everyone is eventually going to bundle, especially with digital, you know, like I think it's like if you, if you, I don't know, I'm going to actually not even speak on this because, um, I was just about to give some false information about, um, subscriptions and whatnot. So I'm just going <laughs> to keep my mouth shut cause I don't know what I'm talking about, but, um, I will, I, it's so funny. I was never a big TV watcher. I like reality television cause I'm trash. Um, and I was a HBO watcher. That was it. Like I, and a Seinfeld watcher. I wasn't one of these people that like watched shows every week, you know, like it was never what I did. Um, and I was incredibly late to the Netflix party. Like I was very late to it. And then once I discovered it, um, it was over for me. So I, you didn't do Netflix in the mail. Cause at one time, I kids, know, you had I to never actually did. get your movies in the mail. I remember I had a friend who was like mailing things. I'm like, I don't even want to check my mailbox, let alone have to like worry about sending things back. But I had a friend that was always doing that. And I was like, this is so much extra work. I, I would never do it. Uh, so I didn't do that, but I was also late to the, you know, everyone was watching like binge watching seasons. And I, I didn't even know, I didn't even know what they were talking about. I mean, I like still had a DVR and watched, you know, I'm a big Bravo watcher and I had HBO, which is really all I needed. Then I discovered Netflix and Hulu. And then I realized I don't even need a social life. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I, I really, I, I don't know. I end up, that's true. I do end up watching things that I would never watch just because I'm looking for something to watch on Netflix. And that's just not my typical viewing habits. Like on television, I'm not one of these people. I know people that just have to have the TV on. I never have the TV on unless I'm like watching a specific thing. Oh, it's like, it's getting stuck in in the wormhole that, that Netflix can be. I mean, it's funny bringing it back to the physical copies of Netflix, you know, when you had that, I still probably have a Netflix DVD somewhere in like a drawer. And like, they really need to do like a Curb Your Enthusiasm, like call back to the Seinfeld Bookman episode where they have the Tropic of Cancer book, but it's a Netflix DVD. Like 
Larry David, I'm giving you this idea. Like, how funny would that be? I feel like I feel like there's something there. Yeah. Oh, they should bring back Seinfeld. It, just like that account. We've talked about it before, that Twitter account. Like if Seinfeld, what was it? Uh, Seinfeld, like 2000, I think. Yeah. I would see, love to see Seinfeld today I, with what's going on in this world. I would. But how many times do these reunion shows work out? Like, hey, they're bringing back 90210 this season or, or it already started. And then there's rumors that Saved by the Bell is coming back. Reunion Saved by the Bell. And I don't know how I'm still not over Saved by the Bell the college years. Like, oh, what a mess that was. Yeah. Um, So I I don't don't need to see any more Saved by the Bell. Um, But that's me. I I think going back to and this is what I had problems with FaceApp and then talking about watching people get older. Like, I think the problem with some of these shows you don't really want to see the people you remember, you know, as really good looking in their 20s or, you know, whatever. Kind of depressing to see where they're at now. No? Right. Um, you know, not really. I don't feel that way. Um, it, well, it depends. But, like, you know, I'm talking about good content. It's similar to, like, I would be watching. Uh, I don't know. I feel like they're remaking everything. I don't even know anymore. It's like every classic movie is being remade, which is so confusing to me. That's another thing that's like totally mind blowing to me. Yeah. Like it I, did so well the first time. Like, why do we need another Footloose? Like Footloose is Footloose. Why do we need a new Footloose? Because the studio exec decided to resurrect it. And that's, it's like Karate Kid was so great. Like, why did we need a new Karate Kid? I actually so, heard that that's good, though. The Cobra Kai stuff is actually it is. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Sweep but the leg. I'll tell you what's next to get remade, and and the OC. Like, the OC has to get remade, right? And the, I don't well, know. Well, they did. They, what do you mean? They remade? Oh, wait. Is that the one? Laguna Beach. Laguna Beach. That's not the reality show. Yeah, that, Laguna Beach is the reality show. The well, OC was my reality in my head. Yeah. The Hills is The Hills is back. Yeah, everything's back. I don't know. We're, we're, for some reason, we're, we're jumping back in the time machine for our TV programming needs. Uh, I don't know. It's it's just kind of weird. Maybe all the ideas have been done. There's no new ideas left. Well, one new idea that you were telling me about, and I noticed for myself, and I wanted to make sure we discussed it before we go, um, is the, the Demi Lovato posting. Yes. On Instagram, and I'm going to let you read this one. Yes, I'm actually really excited to address this. Actually, go for it. So, um, my shout out of the week goes to Demi Lovato, who um, I know she's not the first, but and I hope she's not the last. But she posted a picture of herself in a bikini, getting out of a pool, and she shows her body flaws and all, including cellulite and whatever. And um, nobody does that now because there's apps where you could just like rub your finger over it and your legs look smooth and shiny. Um, but she had made a statement that she, and she posed boldly, bravely posted a picture of her flaws. And she's like, look, this is it. I have edited photos in the past and I'm ashamed. And I want to show you like, I'm not ashamed of my body. And I was so happy to see that because I have to tell you, it's hard enough. Like even as an adult, like you and I know that Facebook, uh, that Instagram's not real. Like we know it's not real, but sometimes you like your mind plays tricks on you. Right. So it's like, nobody has pores anymore. Like nobody has pores. Like everyone takes their pores away. Like there, nobody has this or that. And everyone's teeth are like sparkling white. Um, and you know, that's not real life and you know, it's a filter, but like, then you're like, wait, why aren't like my 
teeth that white or whatever. But what I worry most about uh, is girls growing up in this culture, because when I was growing up, you know, we had supermodels and they were gorgeous and they were on covers and people talked about airbrushing and, you know, they still looked perfect um, as they were, you know, but um, it was one of those things where you weren't inundated by it all the time. It's like, if you picked up a magazine, you saw it. Um, Kids today, they communicate over Snapchat and Instagram and places where these people use these filters. Um, there's apps where you can make your waist smaller, your legs longer, your butt bigger, like whatever. Um, and I worry so much about girls growing up with this unattainable standard of perfection, because as you know, girls in general always grow up like that because of magazines and airbrushing and whatever, and the image of perfect. But now it's just nonstop in your face all the time. And so I love that a celebrity with so many followers went public with that. And I've been seeing it more and more and there's accounts that are dedicated to it. And I, I love when people post like, this is my breakout this morning, or this is like, you know, I gained weight or this is me not posing and looking perfect. And I just think it's so important, um, especially for young girls who are growing up to see someone that they identify with, or they idolize, be like, look, I have cellulite. It's normal. Like this is what women have. I mean, so, um, I thought that was a big thing. And what's really interesting to me is, uh, she got so much press for that. And I'm hoping that that becomes like the new cool kid thing to do, you know, um, because she did, she got unbelievable accolades. Like no one was like, Oh, her cellulite. Instead, everyone's like, Oh my God, that's amazing. Go Demi Lovato. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. And I think it's great. And you know, to bring it full circle to what we started talking about, um, I think more of this is only going to be a positive for many things, including dating. So part of the whole problem uh, with, with dating is that, you know, we presented a, a false version of ourselves through the apps, through Facebook, through everything. And that sets us up for failure when we realize that we're not all perfect and we're flawed human beings. And I think this is a, certainly a step in, in that mentality of breaking that mentality and, and saying, hey, like, we all have uh, our, 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 you know, imperfections, whether they're physical or, or internal or mental, like, hey, like, we're not perfect human beings. And I think that's, you know, a nice way to look at, it's an optimistic way to look at, you know, part of the reason you date someone is to find a partner who's not only going to accept all of these flaws, but help you with them at times and help you improve. And it takes extreme honesty and vulnerability to do that. And I think what Demi Lovato's doing here is a step in that direction. I mean, it's a much bigger thing than just dating, obviously. At the end of the day, you have to feel good about yourself. But I do think it's going to help shape this idea. Like, could you imagine if, like, on your dating apps, you're actually showing what you look like at, you know, 7 a.m. in the morning with your hair not combed and everything like that, and people are accepting you for who you are on the inside and not these five superficial photos that you've posted yourself in the best lighting and best conditions. Right, 100%. I mean, um, I don't want to actually, actually, I was going to bring something up to you that I told you in private, but I don't even want to give any airtime publicly, so I'll just discuss it. We'll leave that for the, the, <laughs> the, the, the Teed Up Plus podcast. Yeah, uh, the subscription. By the way, that's on the Patreon. Yeah. Uh, that's for the paid subscription yeah. to hear my latest. Everything is going to have my a plus to it. My latest dating so, story. Teed uh, Up 
podcast. But I think on that note, you know, we've managed to get through. Man, this is we, this we've was got super through, successful. We got through Facebook dating. We got through selfies. We got through Area Fifty One, and we we ended on a positive note here. Uh, so I feel really good about this. We'll have to have you on again. I'm Obviously, sure there's I'll going always to, come on your podcast. Andy. We may have to have you talking to, to boost the rating. So uh, <laughs> stay tuned on that. And Jenna, thanks for coming on and have a wonderful day and enjoy your tea. Thanks for having me, Andy. I'll see you later. All right. There you have it. Thanks, Jenna, for coming on the show and drinking some tea with me. Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you all for listening. Thanks to OnePager for sponsoring it. Visit OnePagerApp.com slash up for 20% off your first website. Make it about anything. We have some really great episodes in the pipeline. When I say that, I'm kind of lying. I don't know what I'm going to do next, but uh, we'll figure it out. Thanks for joining me. Uh, this is Teed Up with Andy Rosenberg. <laughs>